We are back for episode, sorry, y'all hear me turning the volume up to make sure that you can hear Kiana, but we're back for episode 65 of Bitches Love Brunch. I'm going to do a little throwback today because it's in my spirit. This is your co-host, Courtney. What? What's up, y'all? It's Kiana. I think this week, I just really wanted to identify who I was, not have y'all guessing, (laughs) that's what it is so we're back I am going to do a check-in um in a second but I'm going to make that part of our conversation this time around just because we got a lot to talk about so I'll save the check-in after we do our regular housekeeping items um you see yeah yeah So first, we'll do a quick little recap. Last episode, we talked about um, imposter syndrome, black dreams, sometimes dreams deferred, what we doing to hold on to our dreams, all of those things amidst a time where um, feeling like or being in a space or potentially being in a space of feeling imposter syndrome is heightened right now. Um, We mentioned this in our description of the podcast, but the last time we recorded, it was day or two after. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was, it was a day or two after. After George Floyd was killed. And to be honest, I think, well, I won't assume because we'll get to that as well, but we went with what was on our heart at that time and what we could process Right. At that moment. At that moment in time. What did you think about episode 64, Imposter Syndrome and Black Dreams? You know, I thought that um, given the context of the environment that we are in and knowing that that we record in advance. So for those who don't know, we record the episodes in advance. I really thought that it was very fitting. For the climate, um, it almost was scary in the way Mm -hmm. that it came. I was almost too fitting, you know, just to send out some positive, some positivity to people as we continue to move forward through our coming days. Um, But I really enjoyed the last episode. It was, that was an episode that I actually went back and listened again in its entirety. And I haven't listened to an entire episode of our podcast in a while. One, it's awkward to hear yourself talk. Mm -hmm. Um, but two, sometimes, you know, I'm critical. I'm always like, you know, I could do this or we could do this or this and this. And I think that that was an episode that I actually just consumed. And I think that I consumed it right alongside of what I thought our listeners would hear during the, during the climate. And it was exactly what I needed. Um, just that refresher of the conversation that I had just to reframe, you know, my mind. Because this, this journey is ebbing and flowing man mm-hmm. is it flowing and so i really i really enjoyed last episode i hope that you guys enjoyed the last episode um and it, it was really fun to go back and to, and to listen to it how, how about you how were your feelings towards it no I, I had similar feelings i thought it was a good episode i thought it was timely considering the fact that we record ahead and and when we actually dropped it mm-hmm. um because i think not i think our people our people needed that during that time. Um, it was probably it's probably a hard thing to digest, but again, I don't want to get 
too far into it because we'll get into it here in a second, but it was necessary. So I felt like it was timely. And of course, God was working his magic when we For all sure. know it. Um, so, yeah. So I'm glad that, you know, things are just starting to make sense for me. And I think that that episode was indicative of that. And that, um, man, thank God we started a podcast three years ago to have a space to be or a platform to be able to talk about these things. And we could, I don't, mm, I didn't, I didn't foresee it being this in this day, in this time, and 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 how we want to move forward in this space. We didn't think that we would be here. Um, so, yeah, I just think, like you said, that's God just working His magic and all of the things that have been laid ahead of time and what's coming ahead of time. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to see that actually be a part of His vision. Yep. Um. Okay, so we can jump into the conversation. We are going to quickly pass the mimosa because um, yeah. we got some stuff on our chest and we're going to let y'all have it. We're going to share it with y'all. So, um, let go. I, yes, I am drinking water. Um, that's it. Staying, staying faithful to the water bottle right now. I is Sunday. For us this time around so not that that matters but I was just like you know what that's not even an excuse because we record on a school night all the time all the time well today is Sunday and I'm drinking water and that's that that's okay in in the spirit of it being Sunday I am taking communion I have some wine amen um I went to a vineyard yesterday and picked up a nice bottle of blueberry wine which is not normal for my palate recently. I've been, you know, my dry in my dry season, mm-hmm. but this wine is amazing. And so Send me a bottle. <laughs> I sure will <laughs> I sure will. I want to go back out there. So I will definitely send you a bottle. We'll mm-hmm. talk we'll talk more about that so I can get the right um you know the right flavor for you because they had quite a few they have variety. It just, the blueberry just sound good. That's why I was like, send me a bottle. I, but so you know, good. I do prefer I do prefer sweet. Um, right, but, right. You know, what else? I got you. I yes. got you. Okay, so um, let me start this with, and then I have. And oh, sorry, you got a uh, you got an affirmation. My bad. I do have an affirmation. My bad. I got an affirmation for us. Okay, so today I am. Today, I affirm I am intelligent beyond my own understanding. I have the capacity to achieve success within each opportunity that I face. Affirmed. Boom. There you are. At first, I thought you froze. I was like, okay. No, no, no. It's me. I was going to say yes. I feel like right now during this time, um, with all of the God-given resources and natural capabilities that we have, we have to really figure out what is within us. What is within us? And I think that a lot of us have a lot of things, you know, that are square within us. A lot of intelligence, a lot of brilliance, a lot of whatever. Whatever God has sprinkled in your little, your jar. Mm-hmm. Break it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But go ahead. Kick off the conversation, yes. Courtney. So, yes. um... As we record today, another black man has been murdered by the police. His name is Rayshard Brooks. Um, 
And in the time of us being in quarantine, and I would actually like to say in the last month, we have witnessed and or found out through social media or another, I'm going to say six prominent killings. Um, Mm. One being Ahmaud Arbery, two, Breonna Taylor. Three, George Floyd. This is not in particular order. Um, for today, Rayshard Brooks. And then I apologize because I was not prepared, but I do not want to um, forget about our black trans family. Um, mm-hmm. Two young ladies. Yep. Um, one in Dayton and the other in Dayton, Ohio, and the other in Pennsylvania, I believe. I will find their names momentarily. because I got their names. Okay. Dominique. Fails, Dominique Remy. Fails, yeah. Yes, and um, Rhea Milton. Rhea Milton. So um, it has been a crazy time. Crazy and overwhelming time for Black people, society. Um, It's also been eye-opening for some. But I think I can I I can confidently say that <laughs> this has probably been one of the most difficult times to be in this space mm-hmm. for a lot of people, uh, for black people. And and just know that at least for me on this episode, I am going to be speaking of black people. I'm I will not necessarily be referring to people of color because what we're facing and what we're seeing right now is happening to black people. Um, so with that being said, my first question is going to be, uh, to Kiana and asking, this is why we waited for the check-in. How you doing? What's Mm. been going on? What have you been sitting with? Hmm. Well, thank you <laughs> for checking in on me. I feel like that this is a loaded question. It's a loaded it's a question. It's a heavy question. Um, but right now I'm okay, sis. I'm okay. Um, I think in this moment I'm okay, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I've I've been okay mm-hmm. consistently. Um, like I said, it's, it's been ebbing and flowing. Um, just been trying to give myself grace and trying to fill myself up so that I could even have the energy to figure out what the hell is happening right now. You know, just making sense of um, where we, where I am in history, where I am in the country, where I am mentally, where I am spiritually, where I am emotionally, financially, because all of those things impact what I can do what I feel like I can do. So I've just been taking assessment, assessment on myself, assessment on the world that we're in, assessment on our, you know, one of the things that I tell, one of the things that I've been telling my friends is that, you know, white people get to tune into their black, their black lives matter webinars for an hour. This 24 seven baby This mm-hmm. is 24 seven. This is, this is our being. And so checking in on myself, checking in on my people, to make sure that we we are in a position that when it comes time, and it is the time for us to move forward, we've been moving forward, you know, that we do so um, 
while rested, while, while, while filled up. Because I think that that's been the difference in a lot of these other experiences that, that we've seen over generations is that they never had time to rest. They never had time to take care of themselves. They never were equipped with these things. And baby, we are. We are. So that is how I'm doing. Present day, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm making it through. I'm staying in constant prayer. How you doing? I am, yeah, in the moment right now. In the moment right now, I'm okay. Um, Friday, I was not. Thursday, I was not. Wednesday, I was not. You know what I mean? Like, it is a const. It has been a constant state of questions, anger, disappointment, frustration. Mm. Um, of course, being overwhelmed. Like I can literally feel it in my body. This isn't one of those. This isn't. Um, I've never considered myself an anxious person. Um, or someone to have anxiety, nothing wrong with that. I am getting, um, I'm getting understanding of what that feels like because I can literally Mm -hmm. feel it in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, I can feel that tenseness almost in my brain of like where you're feeling so overwhelmed mentally. And Mm -hmm. that's not to say that I haven't been overwhelmed before, but it is, I am so overwhelmed now that I can feel it in my bodies. Yesterday I felt it in my shoulders and I thought that was so ironic because I think I tend to be in a place of feeling like I need to have everybody on my shoulders. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a, a very challenging place to be the weekend after the Friday after, uh, George Floyd was murdered. I had gotten through the week And I was done. And I was like, uh, I was really proud of myself for getting through the week in spite of the pain that I pushed through. Or, yeah, in spite of the pain that I pushed through and the the feelings that I was feeling around George Floyd. Um, And then I immediately checked myself and was like, you shouldn't have to, though. Right. So um, I sat with that that Friday and Saturday and then Sunday I emailed my boss and I said, I will not be in tomorrow in quote unquote. Um, I'm taking a mental health day. And I told her why, considering everything that was going on with the murder of George Floyd. And um, I was checking out. Yeah. And that was it. And so that Monday I got on the road. I went to my mama's house. Amen. And I worked there for for a week. Um but because I also took that mental health day because of what I experienced the week before and what I knew I was getting ready to walk to that Tuesday, walk into that Tuesday because I had a leadership team meeting. Mm. I'm one of two black people on our leadership team, the youngest, and I knew in my spirit I was going to have to check some people, say some things that I needed to mentally be ready for. So it has been a process to not only figure this out and navigate through this for yourself, but then figure out also how to be a support in a time where you really don't want to be for 40 other people. Yeah, or a time where 
when you realize that you don't really even have the capacity to be that support mm-hmm. for 40 other people because I think that you know kind of like you said we get into this especially black women you know we get into this space where I, ha- I still have to be this for this for these things and some, sometimes we just can't it's, and we can't you feel it in your shoulders. How are you going to carry 40 other people? Right. But again, you know, that's also you, why I took that Monday because we ended up having a support, uh, staff support call that I facilitated. Yeah. And I was very candid with them. I told them I took a mental health day. I said, because if I didn't, I would not be able to have this conversation with you all. I was not well. Mm-hmm. I was not well. And we have to just continue to be in that space because we're not always going to be well. No, we're not. And we we deserve to be able to check out and be supported in that. It's it's funny you say that, but (laughs) that's a whole conversation. I'm sure we'll get to. Go ahead. Yeah, Um, I was having a conversation actually. um, One of my friends she had tweeted about you know just work just the mental exhaustion of working right now and I told her you know we we pride ourselves on saying you know words mean things and I expressed that you know working through these conditions feels like torture and Mm -hmm. it's triggering it is very triggering because I think that you know living here in the south really understanding this land um, understanding, you know, my ancestry, our ancestry on this land and really envisioning, you know, where, where our people were. I think we talked about even the notion of me seeing a cotton field for the first time mm-hmm. you know, here. and just, you know, when I saw the cotton field, I was taken back as beauty, um, it's pain, all of those things and to envision, you know, my people out there day to day, like it's already hot now. Imagine them being out there on this, working through that. This Work, working through this emotional turmoil, it it makes me empathize with my ancestors in a very uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. In a very, very un- uncomfortable way. To know, like, okay, well, even if, you know, my environment is conducive to how I want it to be mentally, I am tortured. It's just torture. It doesn't matter. You can call it freedom if you want to, but this shit feels like bondage. This shit feels like bondage. And to know that that was their reality, not only internally, but their external said it too. Like, damn, how did they, how did they make it through? It's, it is so heavy. It's mm-hmm. so heavy. It, it is not only picturing your reality and where you are right now, but picturing your parents and their reality, your grandparents and their reality, their parents and their reality, and then looking at your new normal, like, what the fuck? It looks different, but it feels the same. Mm-hmm. It looks different, but my God, it feels the same. And so, I don't even know where to go from there. I don't even know where to go from there. I don't know what to make of that. But I do know that there's this unnatural joy that we still carry that mm-hmm. I've been seeing. Um, this unnatural resistance, resilience um, that I've always seen, that I've always known. But right now, it is 
it is it's hard to look at it because it's just like I knew our strength but to see the strength of these people like the strength is that we're this strong because we're in that much pain we're in that much pain and um it's just it's just been interesting to be alive during this because so often we've seen so many other people go through and see what they do and what we think that we would do and it is it's funny to see where we are in history yeah um curious to get your thoughts on I have like and it's probably because I've been facilitating these conversations but I have like all the questions um curious to get your thoughts on the looting and burning of buildings and uh damaging of buildings that has taken place during this time Burn all that shit down. Burn all of it down. It's not, it's not, it's not first off, it's ours. Mm-hmm. I'll burn whatever the fuck I want down. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing. And I, and I, and I, and I, I tweeted about this too. Guys, I'm on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter now. If you want some <laughs> of my inside thoughts, uh, Kiana Dolores. But, um, <laughs> what? Yes. Follow me on Twitter at Kiana Dolores. Wow. Now y'all know why I call her Kiana D. <laughs> stepping into my birthright but I think that what's important right now is unity you know I think amongst everybody this this fight looks different on different levels we're not a monolith there's so many different types of black people we express ourselves so differently and what we need to understand is that no matter how we express ourselves. The message is still the same. The message has not changed. Whether that be through burning down a building, whether that be through writing a check, whether it be through investing in a building, the message is still the same. And is that we matter. And is that we are advocating for ourselves. So if somebody so chooses to be so pissed to go outside and burn it down, burn it down. Mm-hmm. And I think that some black people, they're different um, I think Taria has talked about this, like respectability politics yep. and, and, you know, the black community. And for me, I'm, I'm grateful that I've had humble beginnings. I'm so grateful that I had humble beginnings because to a privileged person who cares about businesses as a black individual, you you see somebody burning a building. You're probably thinking from it from your lens of your of that of that privilege of because uh, there is that a privilege. There's mm-hmm. an influency in our community as well. But then you also have different communities who have been impacted to the point that maybe they don't have the the money and the resources, you know, to invest. Maybe they don't have, you know, the education to articulate themselves in a way that they can write a letter or a formal complaint into work. There's so many different types of us, y'all. Stop putting us in a box. Mm-hmm. Respect all of us. And I and I I've grown up and I've seen people where they can't they kids where they don't have enough money to pay for their lights where they go off to war and their fathers don't come home and can't raise their kids I'm the byproduct of that I'm the byproduct of that so when somebody is that pissed when they're thinking about their whole entire life and everything the systems that have been placed in front of them and they feel like they want to burn this bitch down let them burn it down mm-hmm. let them burn it down that's just my take on it. Everybody may not feel that way, but I'm standing with my brothers and sisters. And if they that upset, I want to hold your hand right after you done burning it down. And if you need to cry on my shoulder, I'm there for you. Because like Dave Chappelle said, to put your knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and not think you would feel the wrath of God 
you are sadly mistaken to who you think that you're playing with. You are sadly, sadly mistaken. We are all God's children. We are all God's children. And it so happens to be that these are a very chosen group of people who have been covered for a very long time. And so for you to think that there will be no repercussions that would show themselves or present themselves in unnatural ways when you kill somebody unnaturally, I don't know who you think that you are. You are not above karma. And that's that mm-hmm. on that. Yep. Um, I will say this. If I ever, if I were to ever die by the hands of the police, I want y'all to burn the whole country. You hear me? I got you. So, (laughs) I don't want y'all to be one of those people talking about some Courtney wouldn't want this. Burn the shit down. Because if it was any me, any of mine, like... Where the, where the, where the, where the torch? Where the light Where's is the it? torch? I, I'm, a, I'm going to burn a dead it up. Like, I, again, or to be clear, it's not something that I'm going out there doing because we are all processing in different ways, but I support anybody that's doing it. So, that's just to keep it short and sweet because that's, that's really just it. Like, we have been angry. I have been angry the larger part of my life. As a mm-hmm. community, we have been angry in the sense of I'm happy every day, right? Like, I can find joy. But this piece, this piece of my life, I've been angry about. I think we all have. It's been sitting in our bodies because it's something that we have to be Um, so connected to every day. Black people, and and again, that's not to say that we don't have joy about ourselves because we do. We are joyous people. We are, um, as my homegirl and cohort member said yesterday, we have superhuman resiliency, but we can be angry too. Yeah, we can. We have a right to. And we have a right to be because of how we were brought here and what it has continued to be for our people on an everyday basis ever since for the last 400 years. So burn the shit down. You know, and it's, it's not a fight that we've only just seen in our lifetime. I always, I tried to explain to my colleagues, we had conversations around this last week. And let me just say, some I I participated in, some I rightfully sat out because Mm -hmm. I just want to focus on work. I'm just going to focus on work because I've been being black. Y'all just showed up. I don't got to show up because y'all want me to. I I don't need these webinars. These webinars are for you. Not for me. So one of um, the things that I had to tell them you know, my, my boss, she's excellent. I love her. Um, she was making a reference because if you guys, you guys know I work in an international capacity and she was telling them like, you know, you do this all the time. You know, you go to other cultures and you learn about different places. This is no different. Learn about them. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of that process that people take before somebody is about to kill them where they share intimate things about themselves so that they, they're less likely to kill them because they can humanize them. Mm-hmm. 
So I said, maybe I need to tell y'all who I am as a person so y'all can get it. Because y'all don't seem to get yourselves, but I get me. I know me. Mm-hmm. And I'll just share a little bit here, too. I am the youngest. Well, I'm the middle child. My mom is the youngest of one of 12. My grandfather is one of 21. So a lot of my friends know that I have a, I come from a big family. I might have even talked about it here, but I never met my grandfather. I actually never met either one of my grandparents. My grandparents both met in Atlanta, Georgia. They grew up next door to each other. Um, and my grandfather and three of his brothers decided to move him and his children up to Cleveland, Ohio, because of the mass lynchings that were taking place in Atlanta. And he said that if he were to have kids, he couldn't raise them in Atlanta because he knew that they would die. Mm, And so mm -hmm. that's why my grandfather ended up coming to Cleveland um, and ended up, you know, he, he passed early. And when I think about that, I think about the fact that this fight has been going on way longer than what I can even fathom. One, two, People were making decisions for me before I even got here. Mm-hmm. The whole reason why I exist is because somebody was trying to outrun racism. That is mind blowing to me that somebody's decisions are the byproduct of why I even exist today. Like that, their decisions that were rooted in fear of racism is mm-hmm. why I exist today. One of them. Mm-hmm. And it is just is mind blowing, but. It takes you to get to know people's personal stories. They're not just issues. These are people. People are talking about issues and they're not, and white people only identify them as issues. They're not issues, they're people. And so once you know the people, could you feel just a little bit of remorse for them? I think for me, it is that I shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't, but here we are. Here we are, but that to me, that is the fight that we're fighting. The fact that we have to, in some way, humanize ourselves to show that we're worthy of not being murdered, period. And so that is the over that is the overwhelming part where it's just like we are having to do the work. I was like, I don't think she can actually see my hands because I talk with my hands. But we are actually having to do the work. (laughs) I don't even know what you said, my bad. I said, I'm watching them. I'm watching them. They move and they Um, bounce. To just prove humanity. And that's why people are burning things down. Like... We have to say that we're humans and our lives matter. And even still, we get refuted with all lives matter. Excuse me. So, you know, it's just it's a very. It it is. It's. Believable, but still crazy that we are living in such a time. Um, So, yeah. I was trying to remember what the question was that I even asked you, but that's how we got started. That's how we got down that road or road of um, just the riots and lootings and whatnot. So you mentioned something about the conversations taking place at work. 
Tell me more about that. How's that been going? Like who's initiated those conversations? What does that look like for you? Mm. Um, it's actually been a it's been a very interesting um experience for me because I think coming out of and you and I have talked about this before, but coming from my previous work environment, I feel like I had some PTSD just from the racism there. Um and this new landscape of what management has looked like has been interesting. Um, so for the, when when I initially took that time off, that week off, that actually was not initiated by me. It was initiated. It was a suggestion of my boss mm-hmm. um, because she was cognizant of what was going on. So I was grateful for her advocacy, you know, then. And now as the week has continued, you know, the conversations have been mixed. Some of them I've started. Others, some colleagues have started. Some people have ignored. Um, but it's been a, a mixed bag. Also, one of the things that I even had to tell my colleague this week, I think I was asked to do a task that just felt really uncomfortable for me in the moment. Um, and I had never had white women call me to strategize on how to be- best protect my health while working. Mm. Mm. So it has been really um I don't I don't know the right word to use because in one way I struggle with this. In one way I'm very proud of my white colleagues and then the other way and on the other hand I'm just like, but I deserve this. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I'm still grateful to say that none the least. I'm just, I'm grateful for anything anybody does for me because nobody has to give any extra. So mm-hmm. I'm still grateful. So the conversations have been taking place. I've been asking a lot of tough questions. My boss has followed up with very thought-provoking questions that have covered large parts of <laughs> meeting times and things like that where we can safely express ourselves and our context and where we are with what's happening in our experiences. Um, so the conversations have been welcomed. That's good. They have been welcomed. How about you? Cause you also sit on a different, you have a different lens in the way that you work. So a lot of this, even though, you know, it would feel like in one regard you would be probed to talk about it because you're African-American, but also you work in HR. So sometimes you, you are the leader of these conversations. So do you, are, are, are you getting any type of support that you need in order to not always feel like you have to lead those? How does that work? Um, I would say yes, support, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like I've hit a place of not wanting to lead those conversations because. Do you always want to lead those conversations? I don't necessarily always want to in this Mm -hmm. space. I want to because um, I don't necessarily trust everybody else or anybody else to do it effectively. So. Let me back up for a second and I guess explain my HR role. I am not in the position. Let me clarify. I, while I have some like operational logistical Mm -hmm. functions, my role is around culture, change management, continuous Mm -hmm. improvement and accountability. So when we talk about culture, I'm often in this space anyway. So it's not me leading a conversation because 
I'm a black leadership team member. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's let's give this a Courtney type of thing. This is because of me fulfilling my role, the part of the my role that I want to for staff members. If there's if there was something else going on, and and part of it too, like our conversation came from staff saying, I need a space to digest this. So I gave them what they asked for. And so had this been, and it actually did happen, had this been just the pandemic, we had those conversations as well. So I was leading some of those conversations as well. Is it different as a black person? Absolutely. But because I do have the support that I need, um, I often work with our um, head of diversity, equity and inclusion a black man. So we can kind of tag team on those things. I also have a supportive boss who is a white woman. Um, Like I said, I emailed her and was like, I need a mental health day in order for me to do my work and the work that I want to do. I need this support here. Um, And so, but I also know that is a privilege that I have even within my own workspace, let alone, Mm -hmm somebody else experienced this in a different work environment. Right. I know that there are some of my colleagues that don't have that same luxury. Right. Wow. I think it is so necessary for me to have that luxury because I'm then going back and supporting 40 other people. My, my necessity is not greater than or lesser than any other black colleague in that building. So right. we all deserve that. Um, deserve that support and so that's where I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my voice saying it's not just me facts and while we would like to think that all managers are as supportive as mine it's not equal it's not the same support is not equitable not in this space so that's that's what the conversations have been like for me because it's it's not only with staff, but then I'm also going back and using my voice and just telling people what it is in leadership team meetings. Like you you have to know, and I'm not going to be the only one to do this. You all manage these teams. This mm-hmm. is very much so a part of your duty and your job to support your teams as a manager. Don't look to HR to do that for everything. When you're in your one-on-one conversations, that's your duty to to bring it up and say, how are you doing? How do you feel? How can I support you? You can't fling it to HR every time or DNI every time and say, oh, we need an all-staff conversation around this. That happens once a month. Tell me what's happening with... In the other 29 days, what, what, what are you doing? One thing that I will say is that I've, I've said that white America just really realized how mediocre that they were, that they realized that they've been showing up to work and not doing their whole job. Right. Um, but I do want to say that one of the interesting experiences that I've had, you know, when I talk about the, the, the boss that I had, I'm talking about, you know, my boss who is, American Mm -hmm. um, who understands the context of what's happening here because I work in an institution in the UK. I actually haven't wanted to lead those conversations or have those conversations 
a, a lot, you know, with my colleagues in the international space. Mm-hmm. One, it's already difficult to have the conversation with white people Here. within America. <clears throat> to have the conversation with white people outside of America, y'all, listen, listen. I don't have the time. The thing is, white people, I'm gonna make y'all explain y'all, y'all heart, y'all issues to them. I ain't doing it. I am not. So. Kudos to you, one, for just being in a position where you want to go out and affect culture and to affect change. I've always loved the work that you do in terms of that. I just think it's admirable work and it's difficult work. Organizational change and structures is is a beast in itself. I remember taking those classes in my public administration program. And honey, one size does not fit all. And my goodness, it, it, it is a lot. But... Um, I say all that to say our fight just isn't here. It's on a global scale. And there are a lot of other whites, other people of privilege in the world who haven't had to pay attention to us, who can come to America and soak up the rays in L.A. and go to Broadway, but not one stop by Harlem or not one stop by Compton. And so it's just, it's a lot of privilege all across the world. And our fight is global because we are global and we are massive. And when we talk about black people, specifically black people, you know, I really want to do a better job at elevating us past that minority conversation because we're the minority in the States, but we are the majority in the world. And the world feels us because the world looks like us and the world is mourning with us. And um, that is something that I have been privileged and blessed to be able to see on a, you know, like on a one to one basis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with some of my colleagues and friends that I've made. And so just know that this work isn't in vain, but we are on we are on the. We're we're on the streets, the people in the states. We're we're the ones that are doing the groundwork, and so just know that we're not alone in our efforts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I have a couple questions for you, but first, let me say this: um, I was also very clear that <laughs> when I facilitated one of the conversations with our employees, with our staff, that um, you all are going to get some of this out of me, some of these resources out of me because I want to provide them to you based on my job. After five o'clock, go do your own work. Like I am not like if if we were just people on the street, you would not be able to just say, hey, Courtney, can I talk to you about racism? Can I talk to you about systemic racism? Yada, yada, yada. Like while I'm all for having those authentic conversations, Mm-hmm. with people that I trust and that I believe and feel confident that they are open to listening and wanting to learn, I will do that. But it is not my duty to console you and your guilt and to, and to then put mine aside and then also educate you on what you could be doing to just be a decent human. I'm not right. going to do that. I stand by you in that sentiment, sis. So that's that on that. Um, 
I had another question because you mentioned something about, you know, we're all doing the work. I think it's important to, and you said this early, like, we're not monolith, uh, we're not a monolith, right? Like, justice and social justice and the revolution looks different for all of us. So what are some ways that you thought about doing the work for you? Like, what is that? What does the work look like for you? I meant to be opening up my pizza box while I was talking. I saw you grab that pizza box. I wasn't sure if that's what I thought I saw, but I was like, I think that is what I... Did you get some Donato's? I did. Oh my God, I haven't had Donato's in a while. We have one in Nashville, just one. They have a veggie or plant-based quote-unquote sausage. Yeah. There's no other pizza place that does that. So I can get my sausage and pineapple like I used yes. to. So I, I have, have to eat. That, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> that looks good. Child, it looks good. I'm jealous. I had to sit up. I know I had to sit up and watch Courtney because I'm like, damn, that looks amazing. But um, one of the ways, one, that's a really good point that you touched on before. I don't want to skip over that. I do think that that's a good point that you made. One of the ways that I have been, um, you know, trying to do the work, one is to set boundaries like that, Um, where I've had colleagues who've asked me if we could have, you know, conversations surrounding, you know, some of the topics that I brought up in meetings. And I will let them know I'm happy to have any conversations that you would like to add context to the research you've done. There you Um, go. Mm hmm. Or I can add, you know, a perspective to the research that you've already done, but don't come here. This ain't school. Pay for college. I, I pay for school. You got to pay for school. So, um, still Google paying for free. Still paying for school. Right. So, if you want, but not even just school, what you're paying for is that that diversity of dialogue and experiences that you do get from a classroom setting, you didn't take advantage of that while you were in college. So I'm not giving it to you for free. You could have signed up for an African-American studies class and had these type of conversations with majority students who didn't look like you, but you opted not to. So I'm going to honor that choice and let you continue to do that work in your own, on your own. But anyway, um, Another way that I am going to stay stay in my power and to do the best that I can to contribute is really acknowledging my own privilege. And that really is educating myself in areas that I think that I have privilege in. So, for instance, the LGBTQIA plus community, how I can donate, give back, Um, educate myself on how to become an advocate to speak up for my brothers and my sisters in that community. Um, Also, not a shameless plug at all, but if you want to go to our link on our page, you can donate to some black trans movements. You can find that in our link. So using my privilege, my platform to make sure that I highlight people in other marginalized spaces that I don't touch. Um, Also, Really digging into my purpose, I think, is important because I think that there are so many different ways that we have experienced barriers due to systemic racism. And for me, I work in one of the biggest areas that we, you know, have barriers, and that is education. 
And so just making sure that I'm doing my work and I'm doing my work well and not for my boss and not for myself, but to do it as unto God so that when I'm doing this work, it's going to those black and brown kids that hopefully that I am giving them an opportunity outside of this environment that they think that they can't escape. I have a key and I want to give that to Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. So really figuring out, Again, my places of privilege, my place, my spaces of influence and asking for help. You know, I think that's a big thing, too. I have so many different friends who wear so many different hats and there's a lot of things that we can do together that we can mobilize and and rally amongst each other to get things moving forward. So those are just some of the things that I'm doing, asking for help recognizing myself, running assessments, setting boundaries, taking care of myself, making sure there ain't nothing penetrating this energy that I don't need to. Because right now, this this is showtime. Mm-hmm. How about you? How are you? What are you doing? So, <clears throat> for me, <laughs> um, my work has changed. The way yeah. I do work has changed. Um, I used to be the one at a protest. It's mm-hmm. not to say that I won't go to a protest again. That's just not what I've been doing in this in this time frame, in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done the protest. The conversations are definitely a part of the work, um, especially for workplaces. Because that is also another place where we want to talk about high discrimination. That's just even getting your resume looked at. We're not even talking about pay yet. We're not talking about how you feel in the workspace. um, What your psychological safety is in the workspace. We're not talking about advancement. We're just talking about even getting you in the door to be considered. Um, so that's where some of the, that's what some of the work looks like for me. Um, I have been, I know I've mentioned this before and this is not in a braggy way. This is in the sense of those things that you said you always wanted to do or donate to now is the time to do them. I've been blessed financially throughout, um, this pandemic. And so I have made it a point to donate to and give to People that I love because I got people that have been laid off, um, organizations that I support that I know are out there doing the work in a time where I just don't feel like I have the capacity to. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time where all I could offer was my time and yeah. not my treasure. Um, now it's a little reverse for me. I can I'm able to offer a little bit more treasure than I yeah. once was, and so that looks like donating to. The Columbus Freedom Fund. Um, there was another organization, LEAP, uh, led by Eva DuVernay, um, that I donated to. I participated in the Big Give in Columbus. Again, it doesn't always have to be about the dollars. That may not be your story. That you know, that might not be your capacity. For me, that's just what work has looked like this time because of my mental capacity or lack thereof in physical capacity to have that energy and say, I'm getting ready to go and take in another space that could be traumatic in terms of the protesting. Like I've done 
a few marches in my lifetime and the feelings that you get just by being amongst the people and the reason why you know you are there, it comes over you like no other. It does. Um, so I'm like I said, I'm sure one day that'll, uh, I will get back to that right now. That's just, that's just the boundary that I'm creating for myself so that I can do the other work. But I also think that there are a million ways to do one thing. Absolutely. I, I stand firm by that. And just because you aren't walking in a protest doesn't mean that your existence right. is a protest. The, I, every, every air that I decide to breathe in and exhale is a protest. I am protesting the fact that you don't think that I matter. My very being is a protest. Mm -hmm. So you may not be marching the streets, but honey, you still protesting. We're all protesting. We're all protesting. And it looks different. It It looks looks different. different. And for me right now, that's what it is. The respect is still the same. But that's also why I'm focusing so hard. I was on a, a town hall call a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Um, and someone I look up to, she just said it so simply. Like, it can feel overwhelming, but leverage where you are right now. And yeah. that that could be your workspace. That could be your friends and family. That could be your mental capacity. <laughs> like, yeah. leverage all of what you have right now and for me part of that my space is at work i i have a privilege and a luxury of knowing if if i needed if i wanted to i I could go talk to my ceo knock on the door like yo we need to have a conversation you know what i mean not everybody has that not everybody can go i mean you might be five layers removed so in those senses, like if you do have that space, that's a challenge from me to you to say, do that. I have colleagues who wrote letters to their CEO, you know, their C-suite folks. They don't, they didn't know who she was. But she was like, y'all going to hear me today and y'all going to get all these facts. And they responded. You have to, you have to be able to use your voice when you feel comfortable and that's just the space that I'm in and that's what work looks like for me and which is why I'm choosing not to do some of the other work right now um there was something else oh and then rest absolutely rest like I said we are angry we are frustrated we are upset we are overwhelmed and we're carrying all of that in our bodies um so it's important for me to rest so that I can continue to do the work. That's part of it for me. Likewise, I have been, um, it's been a process even to that concept of rest because I think um, you had reposted a post that Taria had posted this morning. And it was so true that the concept of, you know, resting for black women is really difficult. It it is really difficult because we feel like if we put down, if we put down whatever it is that we carry and the work won't get done, you know, it won't get done. And, and, and and that's a real feeling and a real fear because we do so much because we really do carry so much, whether it be 
a moral compass for a family, whether it be financial stability, whether it be a moral God in your office, whether it is black with the highest earners, uh, entrepreneurs, all of these, we carry so much. We are mothers, daughters, nieces, so many different things, spiritual gods. So uh, the, the work is real. And we feel like if we put it down, it won't get done. And I remember sending a message to one of my friends, letting her know, like, if you rest, we got you. Because I know, I know that I'm going to pick, pick up while you rest it. And I exactly. want you to do the same because we at, at the end of what's this month at the end of June, we can't all be exhausted. We can't. I want to be able to pick up where this group has left off. You are absolutely right. We can't. We can't. And we don't. And we have permission to be soft. We have permission yes. to rest. Um, I posted from our page too. You know, our ancestors never even had an opportunity to rest. To y'all. rest. They, never, they were enslaved. I was just saying that yesterday. Enslaved. We feel super superhuman resilient right now. And we, like you said, we have a better concept of resting. We have a better, it ain't, it's not the greatest because we say this all the time too. Like you got to rest. You got to, you know what I mean? Like you can't go full force ahead. You have to acknowledge those feelings. But our ancestors, they had no time for that. Or your parents. Think of your parents. Job after job after that is. My mother had four kids. She was not resting job after job after job just to feed your family or or even people that we know some people still don't have the luxury of rest from job after job right the daycare that, that that don't exist anymore and and all of those different things like we have to rest because eventually we're gonna have to pour it out we're gonna have to pour it out you know um one of the things that i've also been doing and attempt as as an attempt alongside my rest is my meditations. I've been doing a meditation challenge. Mm. And um, I literally have written out, like, what are my goals each day to maximize each, like, each day? What decisions am I making each day? And one of them is, one of my priorities is to rest. Mm-hmm. And whether we want to make that a priority or not, we all go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. So we all have to do it regardless. Yep. And so... I, I think that is a critical formula in how you can become stronger. Just like when you build muscles, when you're working out, sleep is essential to you getting that body right. Mm-hmm. I also want to say this when it comes to resting, because it's hard to rest if you're constantly receiving communication, overwhelming and traumatic communication. So to that, I say, be mindful of how much you're taking in. Also be mindful of your loved ones that you're sending information to. I know I made a post about this on Facebook and um, I shared it on Instagram, but we can't just say, you know, be mindful of how much you're consuming, but be mindful of how much you're sharing. Like just because you're taking this all in your friend, your black friend next to you. And I mean, black friend to black friend Mm -hmm. next to you. That may not be how they're processing. They're, I don't need to receive the almost how you were saying about the, the webinars. Like I don't need to be in them joints. I I still have not watched George Floyd's video. I don't need to see that to know how angry I am. I mm. was in tears just at the thought. I don't need to watch the video. 
Um, I don't need every article because, and I understand that my journey is a little different where I'm at and my journey is a little different, but my point is like, we can't all consume that information and we can't assume that everybody is consuming information the way that we are. And let me say this, because I know we were only addressing black people this episode, but let me address the white people. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because you're going through this process and you're new, we don't want to show up with you. We know you're excited to be at class, but baby, we've been at school, got the degrees, and we've left. So now that you're here and you're going through your own white guilt, deal with that. That's not on us to pass. See, you're therapist about it. I ain't her. Yeah, so I, I, I get that. I know that you have a lot of questions. Ask your grandma, ask your mom. Those are the proper channels to go to. Those are the people that we went to when we were hopeless as well. Um, and they actually are the ones that are the center of hatred. So might get some answers that we could use. So yeah, don't bug us with that shit. We don't really care. Um yeah, that that's that. That that is that on that. We don't care. Um I don't really know how to make that any more clear. Yeah. But just do do the work. And 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 the thing is, y'all really do I think I had a conversation with one of my white friends and she was just like, I don't really know what to do. Like I don't really understand. I don't see and I'm sure she listens to the show, that's how she sounds. But um <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell her like, sis. Go ask your grandpa. Go ask your grandma. Go ask your auntie. Do you? Would you rather me ask them or you? Because they killing me. So you gonna send me or you gonna send you? Right. And she got quiet. And she was like, "Well, I guess I gotta go." You goddamn right. Yes. So figure it out. Ask your folks. Ask your cousins that you know. Because what y'all cousins is one of the ones who been going in and shooting up these schools. I know y'all know they that. Are. So ask them. Let us know, holla at us, forewarn the brother, and then we keep it pushing. We'll keep it pushing. And I also want to say this, too, and I'm going to get off of that. One of the things that I think this has helped me to realize is that a lot of the burden that we carry from being Black no longer is on us right now. That burden has shifted from us to them because now they own, they have to own their actions. Yes, and, and we've so, always been saying it was on them. They're just now seeing it. Exactly. So now I really, I feel as though really the burden has shifted because they started to accept it. It feels different. Mm-hmm. So now that shame, all of these things that you have to do, that only weighs for you. We don't get to carry that with you. What we now get to do is to celebrate the victories that we've had in spite of the shame that you've tried to put on us. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want to do moving forward. And that's all I will do. So, you know, I can keep coming with the questions. Like I said, I've been doing this for the last. Well, no, sis, I got to make dinner. No, that's not what I (laughs) meant. That's not what I meant. I was saying I'm not going to because do you have, is there anything else that you want to share? What what else has been on your mind? Did you have any questions that Mm. you were posing to the, you know, to the conversation? You know, one of the things that, I want to share that our friend of the show, Cece, had posted about was that, you know, whatever it is that you have in your heart right now that you're afraid to share, do it anyway. Do it afraid. Mm-hmm. We got you. Do it afraid. You got support. You know, your supporters are going to be louder than your naysayers. 
Two, you know, the world wants to hear from you. The world wants to hear your experiences. They're valid. You know, our voices matter. All of them matter. Every last different perspective matters. And there has never been a time more critical now to to exemplify and to praise our differences because they have to know we ain't all the same. Mm -hmm. We're not all the same. And we have to know that we're not all the same. And two, one of the things I think is really healthy is for us to do our own work too. You know, you can never really figure out who you're destined to be if you don't know who you are. We are built of greatness. We are great beings. We come from greatness. We come from royalty. We come from the first great thinkers, inventors, teachers, lawyers, doctors. We created civilization. And if you don't know that, it is hard to figure out what your purpose is during this time. So I urge you, my brother, my sister, go back and figure out who you are. Figure out your lineage so that you will know your rightful place during this time because we all have a rightful place during this time and so I don't want you to be jaded I don't want you to feel like you're hopeless because you've always had the answers within you your very being is the answer Mm -hmm. so just wanted to put that out there what about you any last thoughts final thoughts yes so um I'm going to speak to the white people actually because they need to do the work. Um, one, don't come to me with your guilt. Like hey. I said, see your therapist, not me. Hey, her. Um, two, if you are texting me or messaging me privately, I appreciate it. That's not what I personally need. I need you to be publicly speaking out against racism in this country. Use your voice. Use your time. Because anti-racism also, just like we talk about love being a verb, anti-racism has to be the same way. Like, I need you to put action to it. Um, your, your, your one-time statements aren't going to cut it. I need to see your action, your follow through, all of that. You can no longer sit by the sidelines and it doesn't have to be these extraordinary, big, large actions. Sometimes it's just about what you are saying in the boardroom and in your everyday meetings. Like, check your privilege and use your voice in support of someone other than yourself. Um, any other things I want to share? I think, I think that's it. Again, I say rest because this isn't going to be over tomorrow. We can see that from Breonna Taylor's case. These cops still have not been arrested. Arrest the cops. Arrest the cops. We, it's not going to be over next month. We are just going to continue to need this energy because I think that's something that we or the generations, you know, right before us where we kind of dropped the ball is we felt like we arrived and we got complacent. These things have to be dismantled and then we have to maintain it being dismantled. Because otherwise, we are going to find ourselves in this position again. And it may just look different another 50 years from now. 
Yeah. But we're going to find ourselves in this position again. So we have to dismantle the system. Big Brother probably listening to me like, this bitch is on some Hunger Game shit. And you know what I am. <laughs> like, hey, hey, look, look, I'm Rue. I'm... Yeah, yeah, get it right. I don't know what you had up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was yes, I know. She was doing sign <laughs> Y'all, there's so many symbols. At first, I was like, okay, this this isn't right. And then I, Girl Scouts, I, I don't know. Yes, it's the Girl Scout sign. So, <laughs> dismantle the system. Look out for each other. As Amanda Seal says, we are each other's business. Yes, we are. I pulled around yesterday. I saw a cop talking to these uh, young black girls. And it's something that I do. I turned around because my spirit would just not let me move. And I sat there and I watched until that cop left. Because we are each other's business. We sure are. And that's that on that. So those are all of my things. I probably would have had more in a different space. But that's I think we I've covered enough. That's good. That's good. I I like that we always usually are on the same vibe, pretty much. Um, And I knew it was. And and we kind of, we took a, at least I took a break, especially from the social media and things like that. But moving forward, y'all will see ways you can give back, ways you can get involved, ways that we can stay included in this, but also... Just using, you know, this platform, if you're listening, we, we got ways that we can plug you in. We we know things that we can share with y'all, best tips on how, you know, stay the productive at work, how to advocate for yourself at work, yeah. how to advocate <laughs> for students in education. There are lots of things that we have that I'm willing to give. You can mm-hmm. have them. You can to have To my them. black brothers and sisters. Yes. Yes. Um, and then white people, allies, share Cause yes, please share. Tell your grandma. Tell your mama. Tell tell them. We got. We have to. The message has to reach everybody. It has to reach everybody because y'all not getting it, and we got to make sure that y'all get it. And if y'all not getting it from us, y'all don't care to hear from us. Y'all got to hear it from y'all people, and that's just the way it is. Just way it is. And so, <clears throat> you know, we appreciate y'all for sticking with us. We. I, I hope that you know you're taking care of yourselves. You're staying well. You're staying good. You know. Um, I guess do you do are we doing do you have tips or um uh chef? Mm. <laughs> um I do have a tip and if we do a brunch spot or a chef, I do have a brunch spot. Okay, I have a tip, um and then I'm gonna match your brunch spot. Cool. Cool. You go ahead. Uh, what? All right, so my tip. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I literally walked away. I was like, like okay, it so was I over. And I was just like, that that's the tip, is that I have the tip. But what is the tip? Yeah. So I got to pull it up. I saved it today. Um, give me just a second while I pull up my, my bookmark. Do you use your bookmarks on your iPhone? On my iPhone? No, on Instagram, yes. Listen, I have started to categorize the, um, here it is. I I started to categorize. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you about to say? Nothing. Read your, you said you started to categorize. 
Yes. So in the same way that you can save your posts and things like that on Instagram, I started to save my links and categorize my links in my iPhone. I couldn't figure out where to go to get that. But gotcha. anyway, I have my tip of the week. So this tip, I'm actually giving him 100% tip. This tip is going to Mikey Williams. Um, Mikey Williams is a rising basketball star. Um, and one of the things that I, and I found this on HBCU Academy, HBCUGameDay.com. This guy is, this young man is one of the most elite Division One prospective high school students in the country right now. And what, and why I'm giving him a hundred percent tip is because he started to open the conversation surrounding actually taking his talents to an HBCU Mm -hmm. to play basketball. Um, The reason why I'm giving him a hundred percent tip is because to be a change agent, you really do have to take a risk and you do have to do something non-traditional. And as we know, a lot of our athletes go to PWIs, which actually, you know, funds their million dollar sports programs at institutions like Ohio State, Ohio University, um, any of the big other big teams too, that really drive marketing, enrollment, all of those things student athletes do. And so for him to say that he wants to take his talent to an HBCU means that he will also take that attention, that money, that pipeline to an HBCU. And I think that as a 15-year-old kid, to have that mindset, whatever his parents are telling him is working, whatever conversations that he's having, he's getting it. And I just think that I want to commend him and I want to watch his journey as he continues to go and navigate his college search process because he just opened up this conversation for HBCUs mm-hmm. and invited them to a table that they hadn't been at in a very long time. But, but I that also, people have been talking about. Absolutely. But I also think not only did he shed this light on HBCUs, but he shed the power that we individually have because we set the tone. We don't need the coaches. We don't need the PWIs. We are the talent. And so if we so choose to go somewhere else, I think that he just showed kids their true their true potential. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see that. Sir, you get a 100% tip from me. I'm proud of you. Whenever you get to that point where you're ready to go to college, if you need some advice, holla at me. I'll let you know how we can get the best coins that we can. But I support you, and I'm all for students taking alternative or non-traditional routes to succeed and especially when they pull up their community alongside them so that is my tip for the week awesome my tip is i felt like that was really loud my bad my tip is going to the (laughs) columbus freedom fund um they are community bail funds centered in black liberation and freedom um they are out here doing the work um Mm -hmm. As of five days ago, they had raised or the community had raised, they raised and people donated almost $48,000 to them. And they were able to post bail for seven black protesters due to the donations. Um, So when I say they're out there doing the work, they are really out there doing the work. So I'm giving them 100% tip too, because I feel like they are a prime example of people organizing. Yes. Um, effectively organizing and getting their message out. And also how the work looks different for everybody. 
while there are protesters out there, you have organizations like Columbus Freedom Fund that are getting them out of the positions that they shouldn't be in in the first place. Um, So like I said, 100% tip to them. Um, seeing as though you don't have money on that tip. Yep. Thank you. Um, I will move on to the brunch spot slash just restaurant. Um, it is black owned here in Columbus. It is called lifestyle cafe. Mm -hmm. It is, um, a black owned vegan spot actually. So if you're ever in Columbus, Check them out because they are good. I went there and I had a, shoot, I can see these sliders and I cannot remember what they're, oh, it's like a buffalo chicken slider. Of course, not chicken, tofu based. And then they (laughs) had a vegan mac and cheese that I was pleasantly surprised by. Um, So check them out. Cute little spot in Old Town East. Um... Like I said, black owned. I'm trying to think if there was anything else about it. I got something else in there and I can't remember. Whatever the case. Oh, that their brunch. I was trying to find the post. Their brunch takes place every Saturday and Sunday. I think 11 to 3. Oh, nice. Did you get drinks? Can you get drinks? That, I don't think so. That's okay. I don't think so. We trying to keep our skin glowing anyway. Keep right. that like keep it keep the um the vibe going. Right, and to be clear, like Kiana meant no alcoholic drinks. So or yeah. she was asking about alcoholic drinks. So yes, they have other like healthy based <laughs> drinks yes, that drinks you can get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, that's my spot. Black owned because you know we about that right here in Columbus. Go check them out. That's on behalf. Of me and Kiana D. Thank you, thank you. All right, hit them with that social media, and we about to be out. Let roll. So, if you are on Instagram, follow us at bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch. Shout us out. We will repost you. Send us your brunch post. If you have a chef in mind, you want us to shout out. Shout out your chefs. Tag us um, on some of the meals that they're making. If you are listening to us, you've made it to the end of the show. We thank you. We love you. Make sure to subscribe us. Show us that love right back. Like us, rate us, review us, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Bitches Love Brunch. Um, And then in the show details, I want to get better at adding details to the show details. Um, We'll put where you can donate from that Columbus Freedom Fund. We'll also add more information about the young man. Um, Mikey Williams, mm-hmm. um, who has mentioned the HBCU. So, yeah, guys, we're going to connect y'all. We're going to stay connected, and we appreciate y'all for joining us. Be well, be safe, yes. be healthy. See y'all in a couple weeks. Take care, guys. <laughs>